Welcome to the Leap to Freedom podcast, where we talk about all things personal growth, entrepreneurship, and mindset. My name is Maria Condi, and I am your host. This week, I am super excited to bring you Sasha Thompson. She is the founder of the Equity Equation LLC, a boutique-inclusive culture consulting and coaching firm based in the Washington, D.C. area. With 20-plus years of experience within the education, nonprofit, and tech industries, Sasha's work is about removing barriers and providing support to achieve equity. She helps her clients by filling the gap between where they are now and where they want to be. It is such important work in today's world, and I'm super excited to have this conversation with her. Let's dive in. Welcome, Sasha. I am so excited to have this conversation. This is sort of a conversation I've wanted to have on my podcast for a very long time, and I'm grateful that you have um, taken the opportunity I presented and uh, are here today with us. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Maria. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this. And I think this is a conversation that needs to be had more and more and more and Mm -hmm. opening those doors and just putting it out there and getting real with these conversations. So I'd love to know a little bit about your background. And, you know, I've done a full introduction on you on the sort of the the true bio side of things, but right. I'd like to know your, a little bit about your journey because there's a personal side to that, not just the textbook version of it. Yeah. So goodness, I'll start my journey um, with, I am an immigrant to the United States, came to okay. the U.S. when I was two um, with parents that were both from the Caribbean. And um, so I always knew that I was a little different, right, than my mm-hmm. friends. I grew up in Virginia, so part of the American South in a small town that didn't get stoplights until I was in college. So can I ask you what town that was? Because my family is from Newport News, Virginia. Much smaller than Newport News. I used to live in okay. Newport News, actually. Yeah. Okay. So I was in a town called Ettrick, which if you know Petersburg, Virginia, we were not too far from Petersburg, okay. south of Richmond. Okay. So, um, yeah. So growing up there, you know, there wasn't a lot of diversity uh, mm-hmm. growing up. So my Caribbean ness stayed basically at home or with family, mm-hmm. like when we were visiting family. Um, and so it wasn't until I got to college where I met other people that had Caribbean backgrounds. And so starting yeah. to connect in those ways and spaces. And that's when I started to really open my eyes to diversity and, you know, I was a sociology major. I worked in the office mm-hmm. of multicultural affairs. Um, I immersed myself in this world and this space. And so I knew that I loved understanding people and culture and how we showed up and how our backgrounds influenced how we showed up. Um, mm. Ended up getting a degree in higher education and, and doing higher education for some time. Got recruited out of that to go work for um, an educational nonprofit. Did that for several years and I did diversity work with them as well. Um, And then got recruited from there into tech. (laughs) And so I took a couple of years and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna let go of this diversity stuff. Let me learn like marketing in a tech Mm -hmm. company. And so did that. Um, And then got recruited again to a small startup where I was the first black female that this company had hired. 
And so the diversity hat <laughs> immediately <Yeah. laughs> back on because there were some situations that happened that they had never anticipated nor experienced before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a, a steep learning curve for a lot of folks there. Ended my career in corporate kind of out of tech um, and decided I didn't want to go back to corporate. And yeah. so just kind of made that leap into starting the equity equation in 2020 and haven't looked back. And actually I'm just last week announced I'm starting another company. So I love it. Once you get that entrepreneurial bug, it's like, then you become like the serial entrepreneur, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I love it. It it just excites me. It fills my cup. Um, It allows me to show up in ways that I was not allowed to show up before. Yes. Be your authentic self. Absolutely. Yes. I love it. And, you know, we had a bit of a conversation before the show about sort of my take on things and it's about living a life that allows you to be your authentic self, allows you to fulfill your passions and be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Life is meant to be lived in joy and not um, stuck in a place that doesn't feel good for yourself and you're stressed Mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it doesn't work. Right. Um, and I've learned, you know, life is kind of short. You don't know how many days you have on this planet. And I truly believe that you got to make the most of it Yeah. and doing work that really lights you up. And you've found that for yourself, which is really amazing. And, you know, can you tell me, we've had a little bit of conversation about the work that you do now and how you help Mm -hmm. either companies or people or, you know, just explain what that's looking like. And in reality, because, you know, there's a lot of buzz out there that, you know, you got to get the DEI person into your company, but what does that mean? How does that, you know, in real terms, like Mm -hmm. for somebody to bring it in and, and even myself, it's like, I need to portray this more in my own company. It's right. one of my top values, but how do I bring it to, to be in my company? Right. Yeah. You know, I'm so glad you asked the question that way, because what I do is almost, I call it sneaking in the vegetables of DEI, <laughs> right? Because I think there's so many people that are like, okay, let's talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Let's check these boxes and, you yeah. know, let's talk about these key topics. I don't do that um, in that way. So what we do with the equity equation is we talk about psychological safety and how do you create environments that are psychologically safe for everyone, where everyone feels valued, seen, heard, and connected, right? And so we do that through an assessment. Mm -hmm. And when we do this assessment, we do it at the company level, we do it at the department level, and we do it by demographics. So now what I can do is have a full conversation once we do the report of with leaders on, okay, this is what's happening within your organization, Mm -hmm. right? I can look at, especially by demographics, I can look at that data and say, hey, your women that are in this particular office are having this experience with psychological safety, right? It's look at these areas. These are the issues or the topics that are coming up in this assessment. And so now we can have a more holistic conversation about the company culture, right? About the norms and the behavior that are taking place. Cause that's what DEI is all about. It's really understanding the norms and behaviors and the experiences of people 
and creating them in such a way where everyone feels that they belong in that organization, right? Or yes. they want to be a part of that organization. Yeah. And so it's less about the checking the boxes that we've covered these topics than yeah. it is what is the experience that we're having and how are we honoring those experiences even by the most marginalized within the organization. So that's what I do. Um, that's what I love to do because it changes the conversation. But when I look back on my experience, I do it. What led me to it is because I didn't have it in the workplace. Yes. Right. I wasn't yes. psychologically safe. I was in an environment that was extremely toxic. Um, and when I spoke up, I was demonized. Right. Mm -hmm. And so wanting to create environments where people can speak out and know that they can do so without retribution or fear or harm being you know, thrown their way. The other yes. thing that I realized was though I had some managers that had great intentions and their hearts were in the right place, they just didn't have the skill set or the oh, competency yeah. to deal with some of the issues and topics, right? And so I think I shared, I've just launched a new business. We just announced it last week, um, the Equity Leadership Institute. Yes. That's what that's focused on is creating that education in inclusive leadership. And so it talks about psychological safety, emotional intelligence, leader as coach, giving them the scales, the skills and competencies that they need to show up for their employees in a way that is meaningful, not just to them, but to their employees as well. That is so important because like you said, it's not just about checking the boxes and there's not a lot of opportunities for people to gain those skills. Right. You know, in my, I, I want to be careful and respectful when I say some of the stuff in my corporate world, <laughs> you know, some of the leaders needed sensitivity training. They needed mm -hmm. to learn that the stuff coming out of their mouth and how it was affected. They had good intentions and they weren't trying to be mean. Right. But I have been seriously offended in my corporate world many, many times. And, you know, to the point where I come home, it's like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. I can't stand it. I can't, you know, but I'm a single mom. I need to feed my child. You know, <laughs> get into that space. Right. Right. Where you, you, it's not a good space to be. And then I go back in and I'm afraid to say anything because I got to work with this person. Yep. And it's just, it leads to burnout is what it did for me because yeah. you're stuffing everything down and you're trying to put your smile on every day and go back in. Yeah. And it's not a good place to be, but there's not a lot of um, training for these people in that area. You know, yeah. they're skilled at what they do and why they're in the position that they're in, but all the other skills, the emotional intelligence and all the other leadership skills to provide that. I like how you use the term psycho, is it psychological safety is what you were using? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I really like that term because it's more than just diversity and equity and, you know, all that stuff and inclusion. It's, it's more than that. That's, that's, yeah. I see that more on an optical kind of level as opposed to actually putting it in place. Yeah. And that's why I say I'm sneaking in the vegetables because yes. what I'm doing is really talking through or working through the outcomes of DEI, right? Yeah. It's not just saying we have diversity, but what does that look like and how are they experiencing it, right? Are they really feeling included? And when I talk about equity, I look at it as how are we either providing support or removing barriers? So yes. when I talk to employees or employers and managers, people leaders, Many of them talk about, well, we want everything to be like, we would talk about equality. 
And I was like, okay, well, if you have two children, right, they have two very different personalities. You love yes. them the same, but you have to give them different things. Why are we not doing that in the workplace, right? Yes. You can't give me the same thing that you would need because we're two different people. And so yes. now we're looking at equity in a very different way than everyone gets the same thing because that's fair. It's not fair because yeah. not everyone's at the same place. You know, the other thing that, you know, you said was um, shift, almost kind of like shifting the, the mindset of these leaders. Mm -hmm. They're promoted because of what they could do at a widget, right? Yes. They can make it, break it, buy it, sell it. They could do everything with these widgets, but they don't have these power skills yeah. that are required in this post-pandemic workplace, right? We came yeah. back from the pandemic and the needs of employees is very different. Yeah, there's a lot of psychological needs right now. Mental health is at an all-time challenge space right now. Empathy, just the basics yeah. of empathy. And so those are the things that we are really looking to help leaders build and grow so that I they can that. go back into the workplace. Because, you know, the statistics say 70% of people in the workplace follow the lead of their leader. Yes. follow the lead of their manager. And so if their manager is showing up as an inclusive leader, that then starts to ripple through the rest of the yeah. organization. And so that's the work that we're doing um, at the Institute. I love that. And my, I, my background is as a CPA. And mm -hmm. so I was, but I was not so much the accountant. I was more in a leadership management role. And mm -hmm. I studied emotional intelligence because I just knew how important it was. And I teach it on like professional development levels now. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I remember when I retired out of my corporate world, one of my staff actually couldn't come to work the next day. She was so upset. Okay. And she goes, who's going to have our back now, Maria? Knowing sort of the toxic environment that it was. And it mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, it was actually a really good work environment, but there was that just that edge of toxicity that mm -hmm. was... That you enough that you could tolerate your daily work, you know, people that had been there for like 20 years, they still do it. Yeah. But I always had their back yeah. and would vouch for and deal with some of that other stuff that was going on. I would be the one that was getting in trouble because I would speak up and and I didn't care. At some point in yeah. my career, I switched over and you know, earlier on in my life, you know, and I don't talk about it often. I actually rarely talk publicly about my background because as a teenager or as elementary school, I went to school in an all white school in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. I did not see a person of color anywhere near me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand why my dad wasn't comfortable coming to my school to see my Christmas play. I didn't yeah. get it at that age. Cause I'm like, why is my dad? Like he's just right. here. Right. And then we moved back to Canada. And from that point, I actually denied my background for many, many years because mm -hmm. I presented Caucasian, mm -hmm. white, and it was just easier for me to go there. And I uh, clearly lots of therapy in life to overcome all the stuff that went down with that because <laughs> right. it did not serve me well. Right. And there was shame and all kinds of stuff I had to deal with and unpackage. And it took me a long time to be okay to say, my whole racial profile. Right. Yeah. And I look at the workplace and the workplace, you know, 30 years ago, wasn't, you know, it wasn't in a place and that, you know, I could get away with, and I have so much shame about it now, even saying the words, mm -hmm. because I recognize there was some white privilege to that and based on the color of my skin. Mm -hmm. And it was horrible. 
And, you know, I do my own therapy now to unpackage all that because it doesn't feel good, <laughs> you know? But you and, know, what's interesting. I, I've yeah. had lots of friends that were kind of in that similar space and, you know, as they got older, kind of came into the wholeness of who they are. Yeah. And the question that I always ask is like hindsight being 2020, how could you use it now as a superpower? Oh yeah. And right? now it's like, you know, I want to, you know, that's what I want. Like it has got to be front and center of my company and how, you know, it, it's so important to me now and it has been probably for the last 25 years, but there was a period in time where I hid from it and I let, you know, I have a whole different compa- compassion level for my family too, and mm. see things in a different light where, you know, when I was younger, I didn't see that. Mm. And it's really interesting. I don't know. Are you familiar with uh, Lawrence Hill? He's a Canadian author and he's written a book called Blackberry Sweet Juice and he is mixed race and okay. he talks about all the pieces of being mixed race. And for me, it was about not feeling included on either side of the table. Okay. Yeah. And I still feel that a little bit because I would love to immerse more in the black culture of my family, but it does, it feels awkward still. And you know what I mean? And then I've, I've come out of, you know, the other side of it. And it's just, it's a very interesting space to be. And he, he speaks, he writes about it very eloquently. So it reminds me because even, you know, when I started in, in talking to you and saying, um, you know, I'm an immigrant to this country, I yeah. hid that for very long. Right. Yeah. For and so you just long. still experience that you're feeling different. You don't feel included. You're not, you're not feeling the same, even if it's another black person, you're coming from a different space. Right. And so it's yeah. interesting because again, I don't, ha- I have an American accent, right? So with some of my family, I don't feel Caribbean enough. Yeah. But then when I'm with certain, in certain spaces and places, I'm just like, yeah, I'm not that American. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I have no idea. I didn't listen to American music until like third grade. So there's certain movies or, or songs. No reference to at all. Yeah. I have like, I have no idea, no clue. I'm trying to catch yeah. up now. Um, so I, That's so I interesting. Totally understand that. But when I started connecting with more people that were in that space, I realized like, wow, I have this superpower because I'm also hearing conversations about immigrants in places yeah. and spaces. They don't, you know, they don't suspect that I am. Right. Yeah. And so and- um, I can challenge and push back in ways that I don't think others can. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I have this sort of dream mm-hmm. <laughs> that I, you know, I, I want to have everybody together and everybody loving each other. And it's, it's yeah. really interesting because everyone wants to belong with what looks like them visually. And it's, it's really, us. really interesting. It's, you know, as yeah. I'm just unpackaging this, even this conversation as we're talking, right? I just, and I talk about that in psychological safety work, right? It's the affinity yeah. bias. We, we do that because there's comfort, there's safety, there's familiarity, yeah. you know, That's there's exactly why yeah. things, why we do it, but then what are we missing out on? Right. And so we explore that a bit and talk about, you know, the, the lack of knowledge that we get yes. when we stay in that bubble right? And how we can expand our horizons and experiences or get different perspectives of things, you know, and expand who we are once we kind of step outside of that comfort zone. But 
but it's still very important to have some of those safe spaces, yes. you know, particularly for marginalized communities. Yes, because very much so. It's, it's tough. Yes. You know, the world around you tells you that you're not wanted or needed or respected or, you know, all of those things, those spaces are very important. Um, but we also have to figure out how to empower ourselves outside of those spaces. Yes. You need both. You know, yeah. you definitely need both. And I think it's really important, like you said, to be connected to your Caribbean roots sort of thing, because that's part of who you are, right? And there's a, a cultural experience that you want to connect with probably, right? Absolutely. And, you know, so there's that, the importance of that, but you need, you need both worlds, I think. Yeah. 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 We just did a family reunion um, on my, for my dad's side a couple of weeks ago, and I've been able to trace back to 1833 or something. Oh, wow. Beautiful. And just being able to tell my family the story of like how I've been able to trace back just connected us in a different way. Yeah. Because we're like, we all stem from this one couple, right? Our grandparents are their children. And then I was able to find her grandparents. Oh, wow. So Beautiful. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, wow, okay. I now belong and am connected and um, I want to honor them, right? Yes. And, and the work that I do. And so that's kind of how I look at all of this. And that, that would be a little, community. a little more fuel to your purpose and passion there, right? So, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Now, I always ask everybody on my podcast, if mm -hmm. you could have, you know, your, the audience come over with one really important message, what would that be? Ooh, walk away with one message. Um, honor community, right? Community and is so important on so many a, levels. Yes. Yes. And honoring that, because I think so many people take for granted community Mm -hmm. And culturally, there are many um, people that are very individualistic and they kind of have that mindset, yeah. like I'm in it for myself and you know, I have to take care of only me and mine. Um, but there's beauty and power in community and there's healing in community and there's support in community. And so really just truly honoring that and how you can learn from each other. And that's what we need to do in person, in our personal lives, but in our professional lives. And, you know, I think that's really the, the heart of this inclusion work that I do yes. is honoring and being in community um, as we learn and grow together. I love that community has been, you know, I didn't realize it. And I was that person that needed to superwoman I could do everything myself. I don't need anybody around me. And then I, you know, as I've gotten older, I realized the power of community and I have a group called B, well, you started out being be confident, wealthy and empowered, and it turned into just called B and mm. it's about being more and doing less and people stay in there for the community. I could create all the content in the world, but they're there for the community yeah. and they've been, you know, I've had majority of those members for two years now and they show up every week because of community and everyone's got their back and it's, that's it's, that's really powerful. Right. Yeah, and everyone's so at different stages doing different things and it hasn't made it easy for marketing. I have to say, right. <laughs> because it's a whole melting pot of all kinds of things right, right now. Right. So, um, 
but it's more about community than anything else. Absolutely. Um, now I, I wanted to know, because a lot of my audience is entrepreneurs starting on their journey, right? Mm -hmm. What would be one of the biggest things, biggest challenges if you had going out from that corporate world to being on your own now? Oh, I just said this to someone yesterday. It was letting go of the corporate mentality. Yeah. And, you know, being, I have to wake up at the certain time. I have Mm -hmm. to work from nine to five. I have to work Monday through Friday right? We have to break out of the expectations that corporate put on us. Um, And so for me, I was very intentional of centering self-care before anything else. Like, what do I need in order to show up for myself before I can show up for anyone else? And so um, being able, and that just kind of changed how I operate in my day. You know, rarely do I take a call before 9 a.m., Cause I just know mm-hmm. I'm not a morning person. If I'm at 10 <laughs> o'clock, you're giving me a good, like I'm good at 10 yeah. o'clock, nine yeah. o'clock, but, um, you know, I'm very intentional with that. I'm very intentional of, you know, stopping my day as soon as I can't, like, if I don't have to work till five o'clock, I don't, if my yeah. day ends at three, great. I can go run errands. I can go do other things, but I'm not boxed into that 40 hours mm-hmm. a week. Watching uh-huh. your own clock sort of thing, right? Yeah. Right, right. It's just balancing it all. And then I, I'm intentional of taking my, I call them fill your cup Fridays. Um, oh, and I, I do, do that social, too. Social media post about it. But as I guess spend Friday, Fridays, like filling my cup, what do I want to yeah. do? How do I want to, you know, show up today? So that might be lunch with a friend or, mm-hmm. you know, going down the road to a, to a, um, a lake or something, you know, just yeah. to kind of be in nature. So those are the types of things that I, I highly recommend for any entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. finding those things that um, allow you to fill your cup before you start your day, before you kind of dive into the work and really letting go of kind of the corporate strings yeah. that have operating the way that we've always operated. I love that. And I've had to do, be very intentional about that because I... I'm a workaholic. I will admit it. I love the work that I do, but I also realized that I wasn't having fun. Mm -hmm. And not that I, you know, doing my work is okay, but it's like, you need to have some fun too. Right. And so my Friday afternoons are do something fun. You have to find something that brings you joy. And yeah, it's been kind of interesting that I have to, I have to program it in because if I don't, it doesn't happen. Understood. I get into work that I do and I love it, which is a good thing, but there's more to life than that. Yeah. But it also made made me realize I lived by my calendar in the corporate space and I still do, but I discovered that, um, you know, it may be part of like my ADHD or, you know, that's interesting. I, I, I'm self (laughs) saying that I have ADHD too. Right. Like, I really feel like I, I do, um, or, you know, somewhere on the spectrum, I really, yeah. I need yeah. to get tested, but it's helped me just kind of not stress out and not be all yeah. over the place. If it's on my calendar, great. I know what to yes. do. And that's um, a tool you need to things. be functional with it. Right. So, right. Right. But there's yeah. certain things that I do hold on from the corporate <laughs> time that yes. I was like, oh, I actually did like that. So, yeah. 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 If but it serves you well, you. then it's good. Yes, exactly. Same words. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very interesting because many entrepreneurs do have ADHD. Many do. I'm discovering. And, 
And I think you're my third interview I've do today, done today because I batch them. And every single person on my calls has said they have ADHD. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's been very interesting. Yeah. 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 Very but interesting. But I think it works for those that are not in the corporate space because, yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, this conversation is amazing and I could speak about this all day long, <laughs> and, but I do have to be mindful of the time for everybody, the listeners and my guests. Um, is there any last messages that you really, you know, we're, we're hopeful that you would get across today that maybe we haven't touched on before we go into the last no, I mean, couple I questions? We hit so many great topics and everything that I, you know, do and, um, what I think is so important for people to really focus on in this mm -hmm. work. Yeah. Yeah. This has I been great. It. I love it. Now I always ask my guests what book they're reading right now, because I'm a book lover and I always want to know what, what's new and interesting out there. And if I've missed a book. <laughs> yeah. So actually a friend of mine just wrote a book. Um, her name is Farah Harris and the book is okay. called the color of emotional intelligence. Ooh. Oh, emotional, right up my alley. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. It well, will be in the show does. notes also though, too. Oh, great. I will tell her. Um, but what I love about it is it takes emotional intelligence and it puts this lens of diversity and inclusion. Ooh, nice. So that you're showing up in, in the ways that marginalized people need you to show up for. Well so, done. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm reading that and just really, really excited for her. I love that. I love that. That is amazing. I love it. I'm going to have to, I have a lot of books. We'll just say I want my goal, not my goal, but my, one of my grander visions is to have my own library in my house. And it's yeah, right mine's, mine's over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just love books and it's just, and sometimes I don't read the whole entire book, but I'll pull out quotes and I got mm -hmm. like, I just, I draw something out of it. Right. So yeah. I just finished reading um, You Squared. I went to a conference yes. and they gave us You Squared. And so I just finished reading that about taking quantum leaps in your business. Yes. And, love and that. So I'm just like, oh, I'm motivated now. So quantum yeah. leaps is amazing. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Like I said, I could talk about this stuff all day long. Yeah. Same. Same. <laughs> but uh, we do, like, I always try and stay on track. Yeah. I, I do my best. Um, I do need to ask you where everyone can find you. Uh, what's the best link? And that will be in the show notes also so that you okay. know, I'll make sure I capture all of those. But is there one that just is the best place to find you? Yeah, the absolute best place is LinkedIn. Um, so okay. just look up Good Sasha time. Thompson. Um, I'm usually the first one to show up there. Uh, but you could also go to my website, the equity equation, LLC.com or equity leadership Institute.com. So either one of those Beautiful. places. And yeah, Beautiful. I love and it. find me. I can't thank you enough for being on today's show. This has been just an absolute pleasure. And, you know, I do hope our paths continue to cross over and over because, you know, yes. I just, the work you're doing is incredible and I appreciate yes. you for that. Um, yes. So for the listeners, thank you for listening in today. I hope you got a lot of really good bits of information that you can actually put into practice too, not just listening to another podcast, you know, and actually putting <laughs> things in action is, is more important and, yes. and doing something about it. So thank you listeners for uh, staying with us today on this call. And thank you for being here. Have a great day, everyone.